Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name is Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Bonjour. This week is no exception as we roll into another episode of Sorry In My Seat. We're back, we've returned, we're safe, marked safe from AI terrorists. That's what we did last week, we talked about AI in movies. This week we're going to do something a little bit more generic. Just talking about films. It's just, you know, sometimes you got to catch up with some films, but a lot of trailers, a lot of film news, a lot of buzz. Mm. We're going we're gonna to knock that on the head, smash it out of the park. Other generic metaphors. Love it. <laughs> this week, uh, yeah, generic uh, film talk. That's it. Yeah, that's all we're that's, doing. That's it. No AI, no, no, no ulterior clever. motives, you know, none of that, no, no. It's not like the Godzilla episode we did a few, uh, few weeks back. Listeners, get in touch. What do you want from our podcast? Because, you know, we love you. We, we have do so on much, demand. We have so much fun doing those films, but they're not nice films. So if you don't like them, we will happily stop doing them. It's so fine. like, can you really do Waterboy? No. No, 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 we won't do that. No, but do let us know what you want to listen to. Uh, we we are at your service. We we do everything on the quest to find the greatest movies of all time. Leave no stone unturned. We like to say if it's a director, if it's an actor, if it's something silly like themes within films. You know, sometimes we do documentaries or we look at genres like horror and action, thriller and drama and romance, and sometimes musicals, but not very often. No, not very often at all. No, 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 no. No, it's not my forte. It's not my forte, but it is Esther's. So we'll get guests in. They can talk because they love it. Done. Mm. You and I have the week off. It'll be fine. It'll be great. <laughs> this um, week, generic film talk. How you got loads of films to talk about? Right? I've got, I've got a few. I've got a few. Had some time. Had some time. I've got, look, a, I've got a couple. Do you want I, to tease a few? Do you want to tease a few? I might, some... I might tease a few. Maybe Operation Fortune. That's right. Guy Ritchie in Amazon's pocket, mate. He's out to shit out more books. When did the big screen meet? Oh, fuck sake. Big screen meet. To the big screen mate. Let's go see what Shazam had to offer. Mm. Then I'm, I've, uh, I'm a big fan of the Netflix. Oh, it's originally BBC series called The Last Kingdom. They've done a Luther, mate. Netflix has bought the rights the last few seasons. And you showed one, showed two. Film. Does Film. it stand up? We'll find out. But, mate, this week, I've realised I'm so old. Uh, the most excitement I've had this week is when I picked out a new vacuum. Over the moon, mate. £100, Amazon, next day delivery. It's quite cheap for a vacuum. It was very, and it's good. It's, it's not Dyson, it's mm. vac, but do you want to make him happy? And it, it, there's something about being a middle-aged man pounding that carpet, mate, with a new... <laughs> and you're always stunned. You're always, oh, I can't believe I got that much out of this carpet. Well, you did there a few months. <laughs> anyway, I'm happy speaking shit. Um, I, 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 the Dyson V8 wouldn't rate it. Oh, Don't mate. rate it. Nah. I got it for its animal hair uh, tongue technology. Yeah, but, but it, didn't, didn't, bit, it, to it, it mate. doesn't do anything for me. This one's, this one's fine. He's, who was everything? His foot? Trusty Henry Hoover now. Oh, yeah. Or Honoré, as we oh. call him in this household. French it up, mate. Mm. That's about as French as it gets, yeah. Also, realise that we're fine from AI because humans, the amount, the AI would learn from what we post on the internet. And all I've noticed is we post two new things that have come onto my stream. And I don't know who I've pissed off on the head of the internet. It's these weird sh- weird videos from TikTok where people are pointing above them mm. and then something happens. So I've decided that soon I'm going to release myself in a portrait of, this is a portrait of people pointing at things. And I'm going to show them pointing at things. Fuck them. And then the second thing is this weird POV things where it's like new acting. One person acting, you've seen it, they act and there's a situation. It's like, oh, I can see how people are going to die. And then they'll be like, oh no, mum, you're going to die. You're going to get hit by a blimp. And I was just like, is this how acting is now? Is this what's changed in the world of acting? Anyone can be an actor. Stick on TikTok. Some of the piss poorest acting I've ever seen. However, don't want to go too negative. You know, good for you. Go, people. <laughs> I, I, I don't do the TikTok. I don't blame you. It, it, it happens on the Facebook and the YouTube. You get these short videos now, and I am a bit of a YouTube horse. So it gets me. However, don't want to be too negative. Don't want to be too negative. We're going to start off on a massive negative. 
It's been announced. Harry Potter is coming back. Yeah. To the small screen. Seven or eight seasons, yeah. They're going to do seven or eight series and they're going to do a series because you and I love this. We like it when you take a risk with a franchise, tell a different story. My biggest problem with Star Wars is it's always gone back to the well of the Skywalker family. Love the Mandalorian. Whilst there is a Skywalker element, it takes a world I love, but a story I don't. And this is what's worrying about the financial situation of our movies at the moment. And, it's, and I think it's a big warning flag for coming ahead. To keep the rights, Warner Brothers have to release a film like every eight years, don't they? Something like that. That's yeah. how they do because they're not the original uh, intellectual property owner. They tried something different with the Fantastic Beasts, uh, Fantastic Beasts franchise, and it has died. Mm. They've killed it. Going back to the well, really upset because, as proven, of the video game that I've bought, you could tell a really intricate story in a magical world that doesn't have to revolve around Harry Potter. Why do I need to see the same thing that loads of people of this generation have seen already? Yeah, this is what I heard. It's the it's the original stories just it's told the over story. seasons. So yeah, so it'd be the first instead of one film, it'd be ten episodes. That will be your first story. And the, the way they say it, how they've sold it, is that you'll be able to lead, uh, tell stories that they left out in the books. Why don't you tell an original story? Why don't you tell something completely different? I don't mind that one year is uh, one series is one year in school. That doesn't interest me. Give me different characters. Do something different. If it's going to be exactly the same, then I know that there's going to be no shocking. There's going to be no storytelling. It's going to be the same old drivel. Just do something different, please. You've uh, yeah. got a great franchise. Do something different. I suppose the issue is, is that it's got to be based at Hogwarts to make it interesting. It and, does, but Hogwarts didn't just exist for the seven years, although technically six, because Harry Potter wasn't there for one year because he's pissing about backpacking. <laughs> just saying. I would, I would like to see, I would like to see Hogwarts, yeah, 20 years after Voldemort. Exactly. Or, or before, you know, when he was on his rides, the kids would be terrified. Or something different. I want to see, one of my favourite things is the Triwizard Cup. Mm. That's going to look awesome on a TV series. You know, like, you'll have 10 episodes and like every other episode he'll have to do a trial. That looks awesome and interesting as hell. Can't wait for series four. However, why couldn't I have that in a different series? Why couldn't I have that with Bill Johnson or Mary Johnson? They're new to Hogwarts. They're a muggle. So you need to learn the story through them. You need to learn the world because they don't know. They've got to lay it one day. You've got Hogwarts. Tuition's cheap. Fuck off. Just, just do it like, like any TV show we grew up with, you know, based in a school. Yeah. You know, and just make it the really mundane stuff. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, oh God, I've got to evade getting my head stuck down the toilet and flushed. You know, yeah, kissing a girl around the back of the bike sheds. Oh, a ghost is after me. Oh, I've died because <laughs> yeah. there's magical genocide. Headless Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Nearly <laughs> headless Nick. Nearly headless Nick. <laughs> Please Terrifying right. students around the year. Uh, yeah. So that story didn't didn't excite me. It made me upset that, again, because of the financial know. failure of Fantastic Beasts, it just shows they get companies now, because of, the, because of the challenges, people aren't going to the cinema, they'll always revert back to type, which is tell the same I, story and it bores me. I'm a slag for wizards, mate. I am, but you've already, watch seen, it. you've already seen it. But, you know, if it was 20, like I say, 20 years after Voldemort and you could get, not that you would get Daniel Radcliffe maybe, but you could get other characters to come back as a picture of Harry Potter in the background and oh, we caught another magic wizard. You were like, ah, oh, little nod. Yeah, yeah or, or, you know, get cameos of like guest lecturers and all that kind of thing. Nice. You know, there's yeah, you're right. There's plenty more stories to tell in the in the uh, magical wizarding world than Harry Potter rehashed. So that's a bit for negativity because I'm going to tell you something now, mate. We talked about it last week. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. You hurt me, but fuck it, you got me. Because mm. I remember liking the the trailer for Kingdom School, uh, the class Crystal School. Crystal School. I was it, hurt. It hurt us all, James. It hurt, it hurt me, and it took me a while to love again. 
but you did it. You you did do it. I fucking I well in the mood for this. By this. Yeah, yeah. I I'm, I I can't wait. And it's safe hands. James Mangold's good. He's also come out saying his Star Wars movie's been greenlit, set twenty five thousand years before. I think it's going to be uh, Knights of the Old Republic based on a video game, and I watched the shit. I out think of it's it. I think it's based on the origin of the Force. He said. Oh, oh. I think is what they're All saying. All those midichlorians, mate. <laughs> Wreck on that. <laughs> For no one, you obviously can't say he just raised his eyes. I've never seen Aaron's eyebrows higher. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I, I really like the look of it. I mean, the de-aging looks great, but then again, it always does when you see the trailer because they show you really good shots of it. I mean, yeah. I remember when we saw the Irishman like footage, you're like, fucking hell, it does look like De Niro. It, yeah. Until you see De Niro as an 80-year-old man trying to stamp on someone. Yeah. It doesn't look like a 40-year-old yeah. De Niro. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think hopefully that that critique of the de-aging technology is meant that they could, um, you know, de-age his face, but also give him a younger body yeah, to give run him, around give him a better body, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it's in safe hands. Mangold's good. You know, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has done a lot of she rewrites. She looks so good in it. Yeah, I think she's, she's quirky, charming, funny, good actress. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all up for that. I think, did you see the Ahsoka trailer? I did. For a character that I've no, because I haven't seen the Clone Wars. Yeah. I'm in. I don't like a white lightsaber, gotta be honest, mate. Why does everyone have to be different? Also, the red lightsabers, they were orange. What's that about? Yeah, that, well, that's more of a question to me is why are they not fully red? But obviously, I suppose the story will tell. But um, yeah, because it's always been debated. I, 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 I do consider myself a very diehard Star Wars fan, but I haven't read books, literature, and there are still a couple of the series that I haven't seen. Um, and I know there's a battle and there's a debate whether or not grey Jedis actually exist because we haven't seen them in the cinematic universe. We have, they're in the games. I like the idea of a grey Jedi. Mm. I thought that's what was going to happen in The Last Jedi, a, a Jedi that doesn't follow either code, slips the in-between. That's what I've always wanted. Like a Ronin Sith, mate. Yeah. Fuck, I that mean, sounds it, awesome. Ahsoka is cool. She yeah. is cool in the, in the, in the animated season. In the Clone Wars, she is cool. And it massively follows her, follows her narrative more than the others. But, and the last, I mean, the last few episodes of, of Clone Wars is some of the best Star Wars going. It's brilliant in the context of what's happening at the same time. Like, you know, did you know, James, that, you know, why Order 66 is being carried out? Actually, Ahsoka is above them transporting Darth Maul that they've captured to bring him to Coruscant to face trial. And that's when Order 66 goes down. I mean, the only reason I know is because you've already told me. I probably already told you that. <laughs> did I tell you that today? You, you told <laughs> me that. Every time. <laughs> Hi, James. I haven't seen you for a week. Now, did you know? <laughs> yeah, loads of film trailers and stuff have come out that's uh, tickled my did, pickle and made me excited. Didn't mind Barbie? You thought I looked up, I, 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 Barbie, more, yeah, yeah. More interest in the Barbie storyline from Greta... Greta Gerwig, yeah. Why am I so interested in that film? Never mind. Be weird, especially when I go see it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw Hustler. Was it Hustler, the Jennifer Lawrence movie? Yeah, uh, Jennifer. I know. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez. Lopez movie. I saw, look... that, I saw that on my own in a film, in a cinema full of, I think people that do like pole dance and, and a lot of like women on nights out, which yeah. is great. And it's just me look like a yeah, right. You, you were there to meet women, weren't you? <laughs> um, I uh, yeah loved it. Secret Invasion new trailer came out. I, my worry is that this great massive storyline for Marvel's taking place in a, on a pay per view situation I, I'm not going to get Disney Plus I'm, I'm not going to watch it so I'm going to miss out on Secret Invasion which is like a huge storyline so a lot of people interested in oh, that you can, you can have my Disney Plus if you want to watch it uh, the Marvels staying on the side not interested in the slightest I'm afraid uh, yeah I am I, yeah. I'm not interested for a reason that I will bring up because I watched it when I didn't, didn't I just see this in Shazam Fury of the Gods oh well, there you go <laughs> so um, Blue Beetle yeah that looks really good it does look interesting and quite interesting but mate Winner for the Superbook, Superbook, Super Comic Book franchise has to be the new trailer for Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Hook me up, sell me in, tease me, and 
flick my nips. <laughs> I'm fucking done, mate. I'm ready. I want it now. I don't want to wait. Prime. Every hour I have to wait, I will kill a person. <laughs> I, I, I said that, that's now. my single biggest excitement this year is is that sequel. I that film that. was so good. I saw that film in the cinema on my own. I wasn't expecting much. I came out and I loved life again. It changed my life. I'm mm. at Esther. Oh, I didn't, but um, it was an amazing film. There is so much coming out, mate. True Detective Night Country. Oh. Looks like a return to form. I like Series 3, Series 2 I had issues with, but getting Jodie Foster, arguably one of the best actress, actresses in the world, if she signed on to a TV show, it must be good. She yeah. only does films that she wants to do. She only does TV series that she can only imagine, wants to do. Can you imagine if it's like... It starts. Have you seen the trailer? And you don't see any of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But can you imagine at the end of the first episode, someone just goes, Come on, Clarice. And you're like, Oh my God. She's left the FBI. And could you imagine the crossing over of worlds that would be? But I, if you notice that there's a spiral pattern yeah. that I've only noticed in it. Oh, mate, I'm still hoping that Woody Harrison shows up. I think fucking... they have to go back to the roots of the first one. And you're right. It does look like she's been interviewed. Oh, um, you know, which, uh, yeah, was very much the, the concept of the first one, wasn't it? With um, Katrina kind of wiping off a load of the records. Do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my positive thoughts going now. I didn't really like the film Extraction from Netflix. Hello. But Extraction 2, yeah. That's, that looks trailer like looks badass, doesn't it? Yes. I've, I've watched the hell out I, of you. I tell you, I'm ordering a pizza that night. I'm going to have a couple of beers. You know, you're not going to think. And I'm just going to enjoy that evening. It looks like that type of choreography uh, that we're used to, especially with the John Wick franchise, looks very stylized but brutal. Mm. Like, I imagine there's no mincing about. Do a lot of editing. Smart so, edit. Smart yeah. edit, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely loved it. Saw a trailer for the most Aaron film I've ever seen. Saw? Yeah. No, I saw a, a, oh. a, 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 it's, it's called, <laughs> it's called Asteroid up. City. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of, yeah. Co- of course it was yeah, you. Yeah, I watched this one. and thought, oh, it's Aaron's film. He's yeah. made a film. <laughs> yeah, another ensemble cast from uh, Wes Anderson, yeah. It does look like he's got a perfect casting in Tom Hanks. Tom yeah, Hanks has got made Hanks. for this. Yeah, he's got Hanks. He's got Cranston again. Obviously, did Isle of Dogs voiced in that one. But um, yeah, it's big cast. Big. I'm really looking forward to that one. I think because French Dispatch was good. I did like I did like it, but it, it, wasn't, it, it the... wasn't top tier uh, Wes Anderson. So um, I'm hoping this is a return to form. Mm, and then uh, I'm going to finish it off with a trailer I saw for the new Disney film, Elemental. Uh, I don't get it. Elemental, the wind, earth, fire, mm. water. It, it looks like Zootropolis. It looks like every other film they've made. I don't understand where they're going with this. Disney seems to be like running out of ideas. Are they, I guess it's my question to add this segment, are they spinning too many plates, mate? What, Disney? Are they spinning, yeah. No, uh, they like money, James. Happy. They like money. Yeah. And they want a bit more of that money. They want to keep your subscriptions. They want to get you in cinemas. They want to buy all the merchandise and the toys and all the other stuff. No, they'll, they'll play in the, they'll, they will spin them plates as much as they can, as long as them plates have money on them. <laughs> Spin my money. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but that's the thing now with uh, Disney and animated and stuff is it's like here's here's a story about some toenails. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just they'll find any they'll Mate, fucking right? find it. <gasps> the story is about the small toenail that doesn't grow as fast as the big toenail. The big toenails is big brothers. Like don't worry about it. We all grow eventually. And then a mugger attacks the person, and she uses her slightly longer, smaller nail to fend them off. Winner done. Can festival <laughs> the nail hang nail. The sequel, she get they get clipped. They're hanging on. It's about their survival and how the other toes band together and save the hangnail. Mate, you went there. Trilogy you? space. You went. There. You went. There. It'd be in black and white, <laughs> yes. and it'd be a silent movie. I'd watch it. It'd win all the awards, wouldn't it? <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. 
Brendan Fraser plays the toenail because he's he's very hot at the moment. He is. He's so hot, mate. He <laughs> he's so hot. He's like he's like if lava and the sun had a baby. The only problem is is that it's a Halle Berry conundrum because of how long films take. He's missed his hot by the time he's back. He feels no one will give a shit. So. <laughs> well, well, it means he'll turn up in John Wick. Yeah. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Trailers, mate. There's not trailers, trailers. Lots trailers of excitement. Season. And do you know what? I knew that it was obviously the Star Wars event, but I didn't realise that everyone else was going to drop their shit the same week. You just want to be in the conversation, don't you? I think I, Indiana Jones probably wins it for me because it, it's 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 healed a lot of wounds. Is mm. how I best put it. Oh no, Spider Man. No, fuck it, Spider Man. I do like that our our boy. Um, what's his name? Frank um, Grillo. Grillo is uh, moved to DC. I did not. He's, he's voicing Randall Flagg Senior. That's a good shout. In the animated show, but Gunner said that, that the they, animated yes. will cross over, so it's very likely he'll be in live action as Randall Flagg Senior as well. Um, you know, because all um, you know, James Gunn retcon and everything. He's not going to retcon Suicide Squad because he directed it. Yeah. <laughs> so that so we're going to see that that is still, and we know obviously that Peacemaker's still around because his wife's in it. Yep. So uh, and everything. So yeah, I think we will get Randall Flag Senior in it, and that's a good call. But he's actually gone on to he's gone against Marvel, and he's like, you you hired me as Crossbones, and you've a character that had depth and quality, and you've shit canned me the moment I, I put you know you didn't give me any of that. Yeah, I was a throwaway bad guy, so I'll go to DC. Cheers. It's like, well, it's not you weren't coming back to Marvel, Frank, so you may as well have gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not really crossing the lines. Loads of people have done that. Loads of people yeah, have done yeah. it. Yeah, I can't name any off the top of my head. But well, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. The, yeah, obviously, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. But he uh, crossed over and crossed back. Michael Clark Duncan crossed over. Of course he did. And there's that there's that uh, of a, that actor can, um Demarchane, what's his first name? I can never pronounce his full name. He was in Prisoners, he was in uh, he was in Dark Knight, um he's in uh, Ant Man. He he's always he's always crossing DC he is, and Is Marvel. he the wizard in Shazam? No. No. Oh. No That's um, another right to his name I can't say. Yeah, no, I oh. Yeah, well, dive out. I've got two movies to talk about, but you've got more, so you go first. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I feel like you led us into Shazam, so maybe we should do Shazam. We're going to do Shazam. It's the big one. It is Melting of the Minds. You remember when Shazam came out and you were all excited? DC could do a funny superhero. They could do kind of whatever they wanted. It was kind of a renewal for the DC franchise. They thought, oh my God, this shows that you can do it. This is it. This is this is it. It's the old, DC's uh, time. The, well, watch Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Take that idea up. I can shoot it today. <laughs> because, I mean... Zachary Levy's been very vocal about The Rock being a disappointment in that yeah. he took away the Henry Cavill cameo that was meant to happen. No, the, the Black Adam was meant to be at the end of Shazam or Shazam was meant to be at the end of Black Adam. It makes more sense because Black Adam and Shazam are interlinked. Yeah, and then Rock was like, he no, just swung his big rock around and was like, no, I'm having Henry Cavill instead. And Yeah. yeah. Well, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't take many to kill a franchise. So starring Zachary Levy, Ashley Angel, Adam Brody, Lucy Liu, uh, Dijon Honsu, I apologise, mm. uh, and Helen Mirren, yeah. Fury of the Gods. It's Mirren. the family, mate. They had their powers. It turns out, it was, do you remember the levels that the first Shazam had? So I always thought one of the things that got thrown at Zachary Levy was that he was too childish and the child actor was too serious. Mm. But I liked that because the character of Shazam had the powers of a god. He didn't have to worry about finding his parents or anything. So it, it allowed him to be the child he neglected himself to be. I thought it was multi-layers of acting. Mm. Nuance is gone. It's, it's, they're all family. They start off, they're all going their separate ways because they've got superpowers. As Zachary Levy's character, Shazam, he wants them all to be together. Billy, he wants his old family to be together, wants to, you know, 
save the world as a team because he's never had a family before. That's what he aims for. But they all want to do off their own things. It's breaking down. Enter another family. Ooh, Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren. They want the wizard staff, mate. That was broke at the end of the last film. Turns out quite easy to get, barely an inconvenience. Within 15 minutes, they start zapping the family's powers away. Oh. Graphics, they're, they're fine, passable. Storyline, it's okay. You've got the dynamic of family again being the driving force behind the villain, which is weird because it was the driving force behind the last villain. Mark Strong. Mark Strong does have an appearance in the after scene credit. I don't want to go into too many mild spoilers, but I don't know where this film sits in the retcon because there is a cameo from a character that we know won't exist in the new world. Mm. But at the end of the film, we get a showing up of characters from Peacemaker trying to get Shazam to join a team. Shazam, when he's on his own, dealing with characters that he should not be talking to. Like, so the characters who are trying to create a kind of like a black team, you know, black ops, the stuff that the Justice League don't do. That was funny because one of them's a child, essentially, and the other one's trying to get them to do state-sponsored massacre. But it's when his family together and all childish and all ridiculous. And one of the actors, a grown woman, is obviously being controlled by like an eight-year-old girl and she overhams. Mm. And it's it, it great. Whilst it's fine in the last 20 minutes of the first film, because you only get a very small amount, when an entire film is based on it, 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 it grates. Because Levy got, Levy got it right. Levy, I thought, was the perfect... Um, Patsy. He, he's very good, actually, yeah, as, that, good. As, as a kid who's got superpowers in, embodied in it. You know, it's like... Tom Hanks in Big, do you know what I mean? Yes, like, what perf- it would be yes. like if you, you know, Tom Hanks, I thought, did that brilliantly as well. And Shazam, I thought, also was, what I really liked about it is the original pairing is you had the one kid who was like, I would die to be what you've got, you know, and, and, and to have those powers. I was the one who deserved it because I wanted it more. So you've got that level. that Versus Billy Batson who maybe didn't want it or... So that comes back into it, the relationship between uh, Shazam and... <sighs> Freddy, that's his name, Freddy, sorry, I've written it down, um, comes up again because Freddy loses his powers early on. So mm. he gets back to, but it's, it's the same story. The three acts are essentially the same. The only thing that happens is Lucy Liu's character gets a bigger role in the third act. Nothing makes sense. Also, I thought the wizard was dead. The wizard died in the first film. Wizards never die, James. But apparently they don't. Apparently they just fucking switch, switch dimensions and go upside down like we did in our third film. It was ridiculous. I, I didn't like it. I really tried to like it. I wanted to like it. I want the DC to succeed because it's different. But sheer will, mate, won't force I, this film forward. I don't think it's reviewed well. I think, mm. The problem is, you know the laughs? I can genuinely remember tittering when I watched Shazam on the big screen. Shazam Fury of the Gods, I, you have to really look for those moments. Don't get me wrong, there's still some good writing in it. The acting, Zachary Levy, is the same. But weirdly, there's no growth for the characters. And when you're watching the film and you know, so the head, the headmaster of DC films, the big pappy, old James Gunn, has said that he wants Zachary Levy and the Shazam series to be saved in his reboot, his soft mm. reboot. I don't see it in this. It was, it was let me down. I preferred the massive cameo at the end. I thought it was a lot funnier. It let me down, mate. It let me down. Yeah, yeah, I don't know where I don't know where it is. I remember seeing his, his video where he explained it and he said that, you know, it was a fun film. It was a good film. They were going to release it. They did do some reshoots, which I imagine is yeah. the Peacemaker cameos. Um, but yeah, I would have had that down as a, let's end it now because where do you go with that character and that storyline? Can you see him going side to, by side with... 
some of the other big characters, you know, in the Justice League or whatever version of superhero there's, team that they have. There's a literal funny moment where he doesn't know which one's the Justice League and what's the Justice Society. Mm. Justice Society is the bad one. He wants to be in the Justice League. But it's like, which one are you? Are you the one that kills or are you the ones with Wonder Woman? And there's a really good funny story because he doesn't know which one. It's funny. It's 10 seconds. Mm. The film's is bloated as well. It goes on forever. And also, I'll be honest, Lucy Liu rides a dragon at one point and a dragon was pretty badass. Like legitimately, as a dragon's guy, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. And on the big screen as well, I was like, yeah, you go, dragon. You're better than... Uh... Game of Thrones, yeah, I would say. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a tall order. Yeah. I quite yeah. like that dragon. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm regretting my decision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Shazam, if you like the first one, you still probably want to the second one. I'm sorry. I'm being positive. My next film's a great film. Uh, I'm going to hit you up with a quick one real real quickly. Uh, Black Phone. The Black yeah. Phone that's now out on Sky Cinema. Um, directed by Scott Derrickson. So it's a new Bloomhouse movie uh, starring, yeah, Ethan Hawke. Um, written by Joe Hill. So Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, wrote the short. Uh, it's now been adapted in screenplay. So Joe Hill had a hand in, in kind of... Bring uh, it to the big screen. Yeah, bring it to the big screen. Um, it's also got uh, actors in it, Jason Thames, uh, no, sorry, Mason Thames and uh, Madeline McCaw in it. Concept's quite simple. It's, you know, uh, 70s. Um, there is a kid kidnapper going around town abducting young children um, who are never to be seen again other than on the side of milk cartons. And one day our main um, character in the film, um, Finn, uh, is abducted and he is held captive by the grabber played by Ethan Hawke. Don't like that name. It's not that scary. Um, and he is in a basement or in a, a kind of uh, under the house with nothing but a mattress and a toilet and a phone that's not even plugged in. So it's an old, old phone that is disconnected. But the <gasps> phone rings every what? now and again. Oh and the people on the end of the phone are the previous uh, victims of the grabber. Those that have been uh, at the peril of him and have died giving uh, Finn the kind of the advice and, and how to maybe survive and what to look out for and what to do and what traps not to fall into. So the film is is that uh, Joe Hill, Stephen King of, you know, it's it's horror, but with supernatural elements to it. Um, Where's the alcoholic? Who's the writer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got, turns out it's the kid. <laughs> yeah. It always said in Maine. <laughs> um, it's got all those bits to it. I mean, first off, it's a Bloomhouse movie and I like Bloomhouse in what they do for horror. I think they've had some big hits with Halloween, yeah, Invisible have. Man. Purge, you know, if we go back to Ethan Hawke's uh, Make previous cheap, work. We'll get that money. Get, yeah, exactly. 20 yeah, million, that is it. You, you know, all in. That's your actors, that's your directing, that's your I think that's actually really good. It's, you know, and it's it's safe. It's safe filmmaking. Everyone yeah. gets the same. And you kind of like, it frees you a bit. And and I don't think it's just because it's got Ethan Hawke in it, but it, it, because of the when, it's, when it was uh, shot, when it's set, it does have an, an element of sinister to it in that, you know, it looks like some of the scenes are shot on a, like a Super 8 kind of camera, mm. has that kind of edgy home footage quality to it. Now, it isn't sinister. Um, I think the, the strength of Black Phone is uh, Ethan Hawke and the aesthetic, what he looks like, he has this mask that changes. So at one point, it's just the lower chin and mouth and it's smiling yeah. um you know other scenes it's a full mask that's like a devil do like the that other scenes where yeah. it's, it's an unhappy face always looks the same just with some subtle differences normally around the mouth area um, there's versions where it's just his eyes covered like a cow like batman um but he looks creepy as oats and even Hawk kind of dials it up to a bit of a i mean I watched it with Emily who said it was very like, he's trying to be the Joker, which I think is maybe a comparison, but he, he is hamming it up a little bit. But 
I felt like Ethan Hawke knew the film he signed up to do. Yeah. The majority of his face is going to be covered for the for the majority of these scenes. Um, so it's all about acting intensity with the eyes. It, he has to do something with the voice because it's his it's one of his only weapons to to portray this uh, you know horrific character. Um, I think it's just one of the films where it's got an all right concept. It relies heavily on child actors, which are great, and you know, but you know that it's it's that Stephen King Joe Hill world where kids act like adults that is weird isn't you know it? like in, in in Stranger Things you're like it's cool and they look like kids well not not anymore but in the first <laughs> season they look like kids but they were talking and acting like they weren't kids yeah and it's like oh adults can't do it so we're gonna have to do it kind of you know well, it's what they think adults it's what adults write thinking that they sound like kids when they don't yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's and this is a bit the same it's like there's some scenes with this brother and sister in it it's like I don't know which kids you you you, have, you know you're inspiring these on, but these are not acting like kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is one kid as well who's like he's you know he's he takes out these two bullies and he gives this speech in the bathroom about you know being a man and and you're like you're like twelve. <laughs> Just, he's like <laughs> and he doesn't out. deliver it very effectively. So, but when it gets into the meat of the story and the cellar scenes and the phone, it is creepy. There's a, you know one of the kids on the phone. He's like he's obviously Finn knows. Um, these kids because they've been abducted. So yeah. he's like, you know, so he's on the phone. He's like, is this Billy? And he's like, I don't know. You know, he's, mm. he's got this like creepy quality to it. Where it's like names don't mean anything where we are now. And and he says, oh, you were a paper boy. And he goes, was I? And it, so he, it's got that unsettling. That's haunting. That is. That's yeah, horrible, it's got yeah. haunting is probably the better word. And, and to be fair, I thought that scenario as well as how do you get out of a basement? How do you um, overcome the suppressor, which is what the film is about? I think it does quite well, actually. It's not Home Alone where he rigs a load of booby traps with <laughs> paintings. It's like the way it happens. It's like, oh, actually, yeah, all the things were there. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool, actually. Well done. You know, you've got yourself out of um, out of the, the kind of the writer's pit, I guess, which is how do you get out of this room? And there are a couple of scares in it. There were at least twice. I did go, oh, fuck, I didn't see that coming. On the whole, it is a 90-minute throwaway horror film. It doesn't have the context of Invisible Man or Sinister or... Mm those other bloom house or even the purge which i think the purge like love or loathe it was a conversation starter it was it yeah was, it was that people would go you know well what would you do on purge night would you lock yourself away or would you fucking go for it because the next day at work that is going to be weird <laughs> it's still maintained there's so many so there's, there must be a department that has to deal with the next day like i don't get it like yeah. and i always maintain if you steal someone's identity are you then legally them I still maintain it because you, you, you must be. <laughs> Black Phone is, you know, if you're looking for a, a horror movie at the weekend, one that's not going to, again, scare you too much, but is going to keep you entertained and and thrilled throughout. I think Black Phone does deliver. It's not a terror. It's not bad by any by any standards. Um, it, 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 yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. It was, it was a good, good little horror movie. And sometimes I think sometimes that's the best horror. You get the best stories. Love that Ethan Hawke now says that he gets. When he gets catcalled in the street and called out, and people come for photos. They don't. They don't go for like, oh, you were one of the '90s biggest stars. They go because you're my Hawk's father. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And I don't know what I don't know what film I would associate with Ethan Hawke. I mean, obviously, oh, Gasker, probably. I, I love that film. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's got Xander Berkeley in it, and I'm a whore for Xander Berkeley. This film also has uh, Jeremy Davis, who you don't see enough anymore. When he was in Lost, I was thought. So he was like the. The, he was in Saving Private Ryan. He's the he, he's he's the guy who's like he gets recruited because he can speak the language. I know who exactly you mean. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So floppy hair. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And, you know, I haven't seen him in anything since Saving Private Ryan. I lost. 
Yeah. And, and, but I thought he was a really intense actor, really, really quite a good actor. Um, so it was nice to see him back. But yeah, other than that, it's it, it's what it is. It's not it's not bad. It's not great. It, it just walks that line. It is difficult because it's, you know the nature of it. That you know it's a kid killer, and that's what I like about Ethan Hall. Ethan Hall's like fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, I'm so glad there was an extra sentence on the end. That's what I love about this film. <laughs> Would you recommend it? Um, I think horror goers probably have already seen it. I think they would have gone to cinema when it came out. I think Bloomhouse fanatics probably would have gone and seen it when it came out around uh, Halloween. But I think now at home, yeah, I, I, I would recommend people watch it. Do you know what the scariest thing for me was? When he was ringing and I was convinced it was Ethan Hawke on the phone playing tricks with him. I thought that's what it was going to be, like the reveal. I know obviously shenanigans happen, which mm. kind of ends that. But at the time I thought, because at first he doesn't believe him, does he? He thinks it's a trick. Yeah. Yeah. But the very first scene with Ethan Hawke in the basement, he hears the phone before the kid does, which yeah. I always thought was really creepy as well. And one of the kids says, the grabber thinks he can hear the phone, so you've got to be careful. And I thought that would be really interesting as well, is if he had the phone upstairs and could be... Yeah, I, I thought yeah. they were going to play on that a bit more than they actually did. Um, but, you know, the mask was quite iconic. That I think that's something that I think will take away from it. Good. Yeah. I think when we, you know, where Sinister often gets voted as one of the, one of the more terrifying movies that have come out, I've, you know, the kind of found footage kind of played on that found footage thing of, but these are obviously old film reels that were found. Um, I think what that didn't know, you don't see anyone as at Halloween dressed up as that character. Whereas I can, I can see people dressing up as the grabber and you're right. It's a, it's a bit of a crappy name, but it's set at a time before, you know, when, before we had good serial killer names. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I I liked it. That was good. Yeah, I thought it was all right. Ninety minutes as well, Godsend. Mm. Do you want something good or do you do you want something bad? Let's say bad to the very end. <clears throat> I uh Netflix, Amazon, mm. Disney Plus. I've heard of him. HBO Max. That's the one. They're all when it comes to original programming, some of the best original programming you'll ever see. Disney Plus has given us the Mandalorian. Netflix has given us such greats as Cobra Kai. I was starting from YouTube. That's not what we're going into right now. I don't want to be that guy. Okay? It's no, it's no BBC though. Let's be honest. It is. No I'll, be, I'll be watching Sherlock this week. But, rewatching it. BBC's brilliant. ITV's brilliant. So if you're an original streaming platform, you've got to have an original. Always kind of laughed at Sky's. Sky have got pretty crap originals. When we say Sky original, you're thinking Action Man and Andy McNabb tale. Mm. The portable door. Directed by Jeffrey oh. Walker, starring Patrick Gibson and Sophie Wilde with Christoph Waltz and Sam Neill. I, I wanted it for the Sam Neill. When I saw Sam Neill was in a film, that was the draw for me. Sam Neill was the last addition to this film. It was originally ah uh, Australian actor. He's in LA Confidential. Crow? No. Oh, sorry. No, the other one. Um, He was in Memento. Guy Pearce. Guy Pearce. Guy Pearce was original casting character and then he couldn't do it last minute. They got Sam Neill in. There you go. Facted. There you go. Paul and Sophie begin as interns for the mysterious London firm J.W. Wells, a company that deals in adjusting fate and discovery. No. Sophie is put on the fast track, but Paul is an underperformer with no understanding of why he's actually been hired. Charismatic head of the company, Humphrey Wells, tasks Paul with a special task of finding a special door. Not just any door, but a door that is hiding and doesn't want to be found. Mate, it's based on a book. I'm going to tell you right now, it opens, he's looking for a job. Paul is useless. Sorry, I said Paul's the actor's name. Anyway, he's trying to find this job. Goes to a coffee shop, but keeps getting stopped. Like a dog, grabs his scarf and runs away. Hmm. 
Toast is burnt, mate. And I'm going to tell you now, the, the opening scene of the toast being burnt, that's a toaster I want. It looked different, mate. Ooh. You didn't put it in and it popped. You kind of encased it in steel. And then it kind of like popped outwards as opposed to upwards. It was, mate, I'm telling you, toast for the future. That's just sounds like a sandwich making machine. <laughs> maybe it was a sandwich making machine. Maybe, maybe it was that. Anyway, um, great kind of like baffling, quick beginning. Dog leads him, or all these events lead him into this interview that he wasn't expecting. They know everything about him. He's talking, underperforming. They're talking to him in French. He doesn't understand. They're asking him questions like, what do you like? What's your favourite bit about Chekhov? And he says, probably the second Star, Wars, Star Trek film. Mate, I'd be, I loved nice. that. Nice. I loved that. That was great. And she was like, oh no, I was talking about the composer. He's like, oh. I don't know. We see something, a pattern on the wall behind him. Christoph Waltz is like, what, the, what are you looking at? It says, it's a map of London. You, you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. He's got an ability, mate. You can see things that aren't there. Ooh. Almost like finding a door. Gotta say that I imagine the book for this was brilliant mm. because you spend time with secondary characters that are amazing. But in this film, it's only an hour and 40 minutes long. It's, it's, sorry, it sounds like a, like a teenager book. I think it, it might sounds like been. an entry level. Yeah, probably not. Not not knocking that. You know, no, I mean, no, kids no, are smart. I, but I mean, it sounds you know like a young adult book. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You get you get waves of that. Is <clears throat> the idea that magic is real? He's talking to one character and she's telling him one thing, and his and her hair begins to spell out. She's got big hair, uh, creeps out and begins spells out the word beware. Right. In hair above her head, and she's completely ignorant to it. So another head of department that appears in his dreams. He's like, if you don't tell me, I'll make you wee yourself. <laughs> Mate, real life problems. <laughs> the idea that they influence fate. Mm. <clears throat> like the first time you see it, they, they're out on business. A woman's parents have paid for her to meet someone. So they try and they create fate. They create a moment where the guy, where she's reading in a book about a steamy romance scene, uh, she falls into water. Right in front of her, a guy falls into the fountain. That sort of thing. So they create fate. You know, they're responsible for splitting the atom or sending man to the moon because they organised the events so that it would happen. Really cool. Really interesting. The acting's actually very good. Sky Original. I've got a very decent film in the poor world. I genuinely cared about the existence of this door and the adventures that they would have. When you watch the trailer, the door is like a magical Doctor Who time box. Then they get to do whatever the piss they want. It's great. There's a story there about souls. That's actually quite, I'm going to say this now, advanced for what it should be because at one moment in the film I was like well, I don't know what they're talking about I mean, I mean Christoph Waltz was, was a bit hammy in this I don't think he's the best thing but Sam Neill was perfectly cast yeah. as the slithery second in command spineless but at the same time kind of menacing you don't want to piss him off I always like to think of it as like he is the ultimate head school head teacher like he's so you want to kick him in the mm. balls he's that good the poor bulldog mate was pretty good however the chemistry ends between the two main characters halfway through the film, and a thing I've never seen before, I was watching this film, I was like, oh, they've got great chemistry. Halfway through the film, it just stops. <laughs> it just dies. <laughs> I quite like that, though, in the film. I quite like it when it leads you a certain way and then goes down. Nah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I just for no, but the storyline, they're still supposed to have the chemistry, but the, the actors are just like, nah, let's just but not have it. I go back, I go back to Glass, that movie, <laughs> with... Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, with Brad, uh, Bruce Willis and that. The whole film sets you up that they're going to have this fight at this building. They keep talking about the building. They don't even get it past the car park. <laughs> and I thought that was really good because you keep thinking they're going to get there. They keep trailing the breadcrumbs to make you think, oh, I know where this film is ending. It's going to be like King Kong, two titans fighting on top mm. of that building. No, does not at all. Ends in one of them robbing a bank. It ends in one of them being drowned in a puddle. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, the one that can't die. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Well, water was his weakness. Water was his weakness. It's like... As all of us. <laughs> yeah, drowning <laughs> is everyone's weakness. So fire if you've got enough of it. 
Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. It will be on now TV. So we've got now TV. It's, it's a portable door. Do you know what? Weirdly, thumbs up. Give it a go. I, I think that you know. I quite like that last train to Christmas as well with the Michael Sheen one. I watched that. I never mentioned it. I watched that this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I know you watched it previously. I, I quite liked that. it for 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 a Christmas movie because Christmas movies like done and done. You know what I mean? Like it's a different take on it. You know, and um, well, act, good acting and it funny. You know, like I didn't ever once believe any of the time frames they were in, but it was fun watching them have fun. I, I liked, I liked, I liked that film. I liked everyone in it, mm. except for Carrie Yules. He knows what he did. <laughs> You'll find out soon. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep going then. I'll go to my next movie, a film that I took a gamble on uh, just last night, actually. I was hovering between a few and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go on this because for two reasons, James. One, when I hovered on the picture on Netflix, it looked like, the only way I can describe it is, uh, two people maybe on a boat, not pirates, but definitely of a time. Ooh, it's a pirates. Screaming at each other on a boat. But then when you hover over it long enough so that the trailer starts playing, it's like night shots of a city. And I'm like, I think they've got the picture wrong with the film. Did you watch it to try and catch it out? Yeah. It turns out <laughs> I wasn't. And I wish... Uh, you wish. Just not my microphone. Um, it turns Damn out I wasn't shocked. wrong. Um, no, no. So the film is called Synchronic, which stars Jesus, Jamie Dorman. I do not like it already. <laughs> and uh, it's got uh, the new Captain America in it, Anthony Mackie. Yes. Uh, it's That's directed, a good cast. Yeah, it's directed by Justin Benson, uh, who also wrote the movie. It is about two New Orleans paramedics uh, working on the night shift. They're friends. They've both got two different stories going on. One um, is a kind of sleep around. Oof, He's not a, settled. One's a serial killer. The one's trying to be the next Captain no, America. No, no. That would have been awesome. No, one one is, uh, one, one is uh, he, he hasn't settled down. He hasn't found love. He's, you know, the other one is married, but is he happy? You know, he's got an estranged daughter, got a young baby. Um, anyway, they're working the night shifts and they start coming across these very bizarre deaths or very... Uh, unusual wounds and accidents that they're being called out to go visit. So, for example... I'm interested. Yeah, it, it, I mean, that, that synopsis pulled me in, you know, that, uh, and it may be linked to a new drug that's on the market. Less interested. So, but, you know, so the film starts with a, 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 a turn up to a crime scene. Um, sorry, they're the, the first on response. Uh, and this guy is bleeding out from a stab wound and they're like, well, where's the blade? And the woman in the house is like, there is, you know, she's like, I, I didn't see a blade. And, and they're looking at him, they're like, it must have been a sword the size of this. And she's like, there's no sword here, kind of thing. Um, oh, I'm it, interested again. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and so anyway, the, if, if Netflix had shown me the poster of act, the, the actual poster, yeah, I probably would have maybe known what I was going to watch and give me a uh, heads up. So you thought you were like seeing like Old Man at the Sea with Friend and you saw this. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because I've since seen the poster and the, the actual picture of uh, Synchronic and it gives a lot more detail to what the film is actually about and that is that this drug um, actually creates kind of like a time-travelling experience for a very set amount of time where if out. something happens to you in that time, when you come back, it then is, you know, you bring that with you. So he got, he got stabbed in the past. Yeah, so the idea is depending on where you take the drug, you move backwards in time in that exact same spot, but you don't know where you're going to stop. Ah, uh, right. But if you and I took the drug at the same place, we would go to the same place. But if you moved a meter to the left and took the drug, you might go somewhere else. How does that make sense? They use the, they use the, they basically say it's like dropping a needle on the record. All the songs are there, but depending on where you drop it, 
it depends on where you're going to go. But if you dropped in the same place every time, you'd go to the same place. If a film has a complex nature, but they do have a good metaphor, I'm all for that. And so, that sounds like a good metaphor. Yeah. So the film, the film, it, sounds the like film is about someone uh, taking the drug and not coming back. And one of these two paramedics has to then start becoming a guinea pig to go into it. Now, what the film starts Jesus. as a bit of a drama and a bit of a kind of, a bit quite serious. You know, there's 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 a quite grisly death um, you know, in it, and it's got this kind of night. You know, this like there's a, there's a certain horror to nighttime paramedic in the rough part of town. Yeah, there's a great film, Martin Scorsese, Nicholas Cage, Ving Rooms, Bringing Out the Dead. Bringing Out the Dead is one of the best films ever. Yeah, That's awesome. They, it, so it's got that that to it where you think, oh, this, this could be really dark. This could be, you know. And then what happens is it it turns very sci-fi very quickly. The moment that we start seeing the drug take effect, and when one of them starts to take the drug to, to experiment, and then it weirdly becomes almost a bit of a comedy to the point where it is actually laugh out loud funny. I laughed quite a few times at Anthony Mackie in this film for some of the things he says and how he delivers it because he almost plays the straight man by the end of it as if he's kind of like very self aware of the kind of film he's in <laughs> and he's saying stuff, and you're like, I fucking would be saying that as well if I was in that scenario. <laughs> so, like, it. I actually laughed a lot at, towards the end of the movie. But not but not, not intended. So tonally, I don't think this film knew what it was trying to get at. And I thought if it was... And the more sci-fi it went, the more I lost it. Because there's certain things that you that are just really hard to create in a serious environment. In a, in a film that sets itself up in the first act to be a, a serious film. With elements of sci-fi and other bits. And there's one of the, the, the... there's one. So, you know, for example, one of the times when he goes back, it's at a time when... Being Anthony Mackie in New Orleans, you do not want to go back to that time. Yes. You know, and there's... Makes sense. Yeah, there's certain people running around with uh, pillowcases on their heads, mm. you know. So it, you're like, oh, there's an... There, okay, great. Story. But then there are other places that he goes to and this time traveling experience that are like, really, why did you go there? Like, I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, He's so it, confused. It, He's trying to find someone. Yes. But, so, uh, so someone, yeah, so he has to try and take the drug exactly where they took it to try and then and it does have a it does have a full circle moment it does have a a moment at the end of the film where you're like ah oh, actually the, the breadcrumbs were there it showed me that at the beginning of the film and I didn't put two and two together that uh, that's so it had the, there was a moment James where I went well done <laughs> well done because it was there it, I should have seen that that's how this film was going to end um, and there, there's a there is a very emotional scene with a dog in it which I did not think it was going to oh gonna don't happen. but yeah I don't know I've never heard of it never even seen it on Netflix came out in 2019 I'm a fan of both those, but Jamie Dornan and uh, Anthony Mackie, I think, are both heavyweights, you know, when they bring their A game. Um, yeah. I I do, the film was just, it, I don't want to say a mess because it wasn't. It was entertaining. I, I did enjoy it. What's it called? Synchronic. Synchronic. Ooh. It was just such a wild card movie to be like, oh, let's let's see what this is like. But the when I hovered on Netflix, I had this like droning kind of almost like Dark Knight score that was really unsettling as it showed New Orleans at night and these two paramedics turning up to a crime scene where the door is open. You know, you got, and, I, and I thought, this is going to be really tense drama. It's going to be something. And then it, Wasn't yeah, it? it just kind of becomes this weird sci-fi comedy by the end of it. Not comedy comedy, but it had a few funny laughable. moments. Yeah. <clears throat> That's synchronic. On Netflix. Oh my God. Um, have you run out of films? They're the two that I was going to talk about. Yeah, I was going to go on a big how much I love Sherlock uh, episode because I'm rewatching Sherlock, but I'm going to not do that now. So two other films I saw before I get to the main event. Um, we were talking a few weeks ago about Luther. So Luther had come to Netflix. Yes. They made a film. They've mm. done something similar with The Last Kingdom, a TV series based on the Bernard Cromwell book. I love it's about basically a, uh, an Englishman who's raised as a Dane 
and basically kind of comes together as the power behind the throne behind uh, Edward and basically he's the power that creates the Kingdom of England as it starts. This is it. This is the end. We've had something like four or five series. It started off on the BBC and then went to Netflix. When it went to Netflix, we got a massive increase in budgets. We had big battles. Always preferred kind of like the shortcomings of the first two series. That's mm. when I had the most fun. Bernard Cromwell does a great thing where he creates secondary characters that you want to love. And Leia Frick, to me, is the first series. He was the best. I loved him. And this is it. This is a big thing. Um, this is it. The, the, the blow-off. He's basically spent four series, five series. There are going to be mild spoilers for the TV series. No, actually, I won't spoil him because I do recommend you go on Netflix and check him out. They yeah, because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. He, he spends, he spends, he is entitled to a kingdom, uh, a land in Northumbria has been betrayed by his uncle. And basically his events over like five series is to, five or six, to get back to Beganbaum. He's Uhtred, son of Uhtred. All right, Hamlet. Father Bjorka is one of his allies. I, I'll be honest, Esther right now is the only person in the world giggling because I say that constantly. I just like Tourette's, mate. I'll just come out with a Father Bjorka. Loved it. I love the story of Uhtred. I love Sharp. Bernard Cromwell all Sharp, over yeah. me, mate. It's just a bit of that, but with swords instead of like really slow firing rifles. And instead of the French, it's the Vikings. Mm. Loved it. So instead of a final series, we get this film. The problem with it, it's not paced very well. It's all or nothing. It's balls to the wall. There's characters flying around. There's so much plot. I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Kareem, earlier. He agrees with me. Scenes that happen in this film are they're two minutes long and they're done. Whereas in a TV series, that would have been a really good episode. Mm -hmm. That would have been like the umming, the ahring, the trickery, the the tactics, the the events on display. And with Luther, I felt the same like with Luther that Netflix just kind of like, they, the only metaphor I can think of is, is they went too quick and it happened. <laughs> they didn't save at the moment. There was no romance. There was, there was no, no foreplay. There was no foreplay. It was just spaffy. <laughs> and I apologise. And that, it really upset me because The Last Kingdom, mate, I, I really wanted to join. I'm such a slut for that series. It was really good. The aesthetics, the acting, still good. The writing, still good. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it as a fan. If I was coming to this series and this was my first appetite, I wouldn't watch the TV series. I mean, what's this about? Mm. Um, it was disappointing, but a, a film definitely made for fans, it's, especially towards the end. There's a lot of references to things you need to have watched in the TV series. And you should watch TV series. It's very good. The Last Kingdom. And once you watch them, I think you'd probably enjoy The Last Kingdom, Seven Kings Must Die. Seven Kings Must Die is a is a, a tale that's told at the beginning of this. And it's, it's a theme that runs throughout Seven Kings Must Die before United England can come about. And one of those kings might be Utrid. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I liked it. Some might not. Elizabeth Banks. She made Charlie's Angels and she had a go at the public for not giving it. It's like, you don't like this film because it's got women in it. You can't handle the, the, the all-star female cast. So it's like, no, it's just because the... Because Diaz one just scarred us. Yeah, <laughs> we've been hurt. We don't want to be hurt again. So, she, so as punishment, she was like, "I'll do a film without plot, nor rhyme, no reason." Cocaine bear, love it. Elskis, <laughs> I, I love it. But what I'm doing is, she's made a film that's very popular, and I feel like she was. And I could be wrong, but I feel like some people are trying to make a point about this film. It's like there's no story. There's no yeah. People loved it. <laughs> it's people loved it because it's unnecessary fun. It says it's loosely based on the events, but what happened in real life is. The first three seconds of this film happened. Plane crashes, there's yeah. cocaine everywhere. Bear, bear takes it. the cocaine. In real life... They shot it. No, in real life, that bear died of a, of a cocaine overdose, mm. so they find it. In real life, in the film, this fucking thing, might as well have given it Jason X Max and just went, right, slaughter everyone. It's so over the top. It's 
they should have called him Pablo Escobar. They should, mate, you've been saying that for weeks. I know. I've been saying every time I see it online, I keep commenting that. It was alright. It was fine. It's a film that's nice. And do you know what the best thing about it's 87 minutes long? It's like, yeah, sold. God tier. God tier. It's not a great film by any circumstance, but but we as audiences quite like that. It's almost a challenge to give us a film that we know won't be universally liked, and we'll find some way of loving it. Fuck me. Most bad films. Sharknado was exactly... No one thinks that's a good film. We made fucking loads of money. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we love... Society loves the underdog movie to to give it a cult status. Yeah. And Cocaine Bear is in the title, isn't it? It, It's it's Snakes on a Plane. Mm. When you watch this, if you don't automatically think of Snakes on a Plane, you've failed. Yeah. When Samuel L. Jackson was signed on for that film, they were going to call it something else. It was like, no, literally the only selling point of this entire film is called Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. Why would you change it, you idiots? Um, yeah, so cocaine bear. It's all right. Um, Amazon. You, you, oh, you, you've, you've signed right. by so I knew this was going to happen. I saw this film come out. I didn't even know. I didn't even see it. I heard a radio advert, you know, advertising this film. And I was going to watch it. This is the new Guy Ritchie, Jason Statham one. Operation Fortune, Ruse de Gru, which to me sounds like wine on cheese. And it, <laughs> don't, speak, don't speak French. And it's got the, uh, it's got Hugh Grant in it. It does have Hugh Grant. It's got Jason Batham. Statham. Statham. I apologise. Aubrey Plaza. Mm. Carrie Ewells. There we go. There's the link. Hugh Grant and Josh Harnett. Oh, Josh Harnett back. Oh, shocking. But Eddie Marston's in it. Oh, yeah. Well, well Eddie Marston had a free weekend. <laughs> he's, he's got to have the hardest work in IMDb. <laughs> For being in the right place at the right For time. For being fucking in everything. <laughs> I always go back to, he was the villain in Hancock. Yeah, you won't let that He won't, no. Because Eddie Marston has a way of getting in things. But, um, <laughs> like jam like jars. A parasite. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> no, I think, um, I mean, yeah, I saw this and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to take one for the team. And then you literally take me going, I've seen the new Statham movie. Don't. I went, oh, I'll change my hero because <laughs> now I don't need to. Oh. So, did you I see anything know, about it? I don't even know what it's about, mate. A special team is hired by the UK government to track down and steal back a device only known as I take as it back. I know handle. exactly what this film is about. No one knows what the handle is, but they want it back. <laughs> I like to think that the handle should just be a pair of underwear. Just be like unwashed things. <laughs> but this team are not the only team on the hunt. And after your bog-standard portrayal banter and overall guy richiness, we also include a Hollywood star, an international arms dealer, and that pending sense of disappointment that come with all Guy Ritchie films post-snatch. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... and- and Josh Harnett. <laughs> so obviously, he just finished that other film we did for Netflix. The Josh gentleman, was oh, the, um, the one he did, yeah, about the uh, uh, where he's uh, Jason Statham's a criminal, but then Moonlight he, he infiltrates the uh, yeah. <laughs> and randomly, he's got Trevor from. <laughs> what a film! Um, so so good that we forgot what it's called. Um, Jason Statham. Oh. Do you know what? Statham's okay Statham gets a pass because Statham has never gone into a film and gone you know what I'm going to give it my all He's going to go, I'm going to give you the same amount of effort as you do <laughs> which is yeah. bugger all do you want Shakespeare no <laughs> okay that's fine if you wanted Shakespeare you want to buy Jason Statham <laughs> but he's fine I like Jason Statham he's the cockiness I do think he's getting not podgy but he's, he's on that age where he's getting on the wrong side of it he's now slowing so he, down. he's slowing down um, I love Aubrey Plaza in Parks and Recreation. I think yeah. she was phenomenal. I thought she, her character of April was a resounding success about basically a middle finger to perkiness. Mm. She was not happy in a lot in life, but she didn't want to change it. She had a she had a boyfriend who had a boyfriend. You know, it was kind of alternative middle finger to everything. 
but the problem is since Parks and Recreation she only ever plays this she's in that film Bad Grandpa she tries to fuck Robert De Niro and I want to pull out my own eyes and eat them yeah was she in Ingrid Goes West as well I'll tell you what that was alright but in this she plays Sarah who's a hacking person Jason Statham's not about that world mate he's not about the hacking so all he analog does analog and digital gotta so, come together swear to god there is so this film's quite long as well like two hour, bloated two and a half hours long a lot of actually I don't think it's two hours but it feels like 14 hours long um a lot back and forth about, oh, you can't do this. You're a girl. And she's like, I hacked your life, bro. Oh, cracking banter here. Um, <laughs> Solid pants. Guy Ritchie knows how to write. Um, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant brings his The Gentleman voice. You know Hugh Grant is an actor and can do other voices. He's exactly, <laughs> in The Gentleman, he plays this swarmy kind of character. Exact same voice, exact same mannerisms, except for this time he's not a journalist, he's an arms weapon dealer. Well, it's still better though than 90s Hugh Grant, which is very much like, a, well, if you wanted to, um, if you wanted to uh, go, go to um, coffee, I mean, go, go, go coffee or wine, or you know, you do any of those things. Just, um, <laughs> um, how's, how's, how's five o'clock? Six, let's call it seven. How would you want to do, you know, like, it's better than that. It, it is better than that. That's a very good question. Do, 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 do. Hugh, Hugh Grant movies would be about 10 minutes long if he got his words out quicker. I'd like to point out that Hugh Grant is best thing in this film. Like there are oh, parts yeah. there are parts of this film where he's genuinely charming. He's like, oh please don't, because don't he's in, follow. He's in God tier of his life. He is. He's in the tier of his life that we all aspire to be. And that is like, I've done it, I've completed it, I've got the mug shots. Fuck it, I don't care anymore. He's exactly the same character though. At the point I was like, I was like, did the journalist like leave the gentleman and become a darm stealer? Because he is literally the same character. And the team. I haven't really got, I haven't finished with the team yet, but the team need to get on board and, and find the handle, which has been sold by Hugh Grant. They can't get into his club, but they know that he's a huge fan of international best artist in the world, like best actor in the world, Josh Harnett, mm. which I think is Josh Harnett's wet dream. He's like, oh my God, <laughs> they think I'm the I'm best. The best of <laughs> and he's like, no, it's only in a film, but he didn't believe that. He's like, oh my God, I'm the best. <laughs> I disappeared for ages, but back. He, thankfully, he's not in it for long. And I'm not, I don't hate Josh Harnett, but I've seen better. I've seen, seen I've, I've seen better Harley. Only f- is that forty days or four nights where he doesn't have a wanker of sex, <laughs> and and we're supposed to act like his great personal growth, mate. In like twenty five years, <laughs> I saw him. I saw him on stage in London in Rain Man, played the Tom Cruise character, and he wanked all over that stage. <laughs> <laughs> sure, if we didn't have wankers, so we had nothing. <laughs> um, so terrible. But the crowning turd is you, Carrie Yules. Oh, is it Carrie Yules, whom I like and always forget that you are actually British to the point that I don't believe your British accent is so I bad I know it's what I don't know it's I don't understand this is Warner Brothers they wanted Guy Ritchie to do a Guy Ritchie film but they didn't want him to be Guy Ritchie mm. <laughs> well I don't understand why you'd hire Guy Ritchie and then like no 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 because all of his films are basically mods or sequels to Lockstock they are Snatch could easily be a sequel he's the gentleman could the London gangster hasn't he? and he's, he's gone from the London gangster that terrorises the high blocks and the and the caravan parks to now the sophisticated gangster that drives around in a Land Rover wearing tweed well this this now is, is an upgrade it's supposed to be it's like gangsters in space so these gangsters are they're not gangsters they're a team they're hired by the UK government oh, by yeah. Eddie Marsden and Eddie Marsden is like I need you to get this for Britain and and Carriers is like is there another team on site because there's tomfoolery afoot and he's like oh there might be the the departments of the UK government don't talk to each other watch out the writing I imagine I mean your kids too mm. I think she could have written this oh yeah, yeah. like at the beginning when when Statham doesn't like Audrey Plaza and he's like oh 
John was better. Carry yours is, we lost John. Who did we lose John to? To Mike. Oh, Mike, the tomfoolery. Oh, that Mike, he's always stealing. Oh, I don't like Mike. Guess who shows up like 10 minutes later? He's only fucking Mike and Mike's team and there's fucking John. Mate, the bounce is crazy. It's like a Statham film on stabilizers, mate. There's nothing. They, they, it's like they're making a Bond film. It's so up its own ass. At least Hugh Grant comes in. And I imagine he's done, he must have done so much coke, mate. He's like, I'm doing a garbage film. I'm going to have so much fun. Josh Harnett has to do this scene where he's in awe of um, Hugh Grant. And weirdly, it was like it was like a metaphor. He's like, he's like he, no, he's probably taking acting lessons. He's like, please, just actually show me how you do this. Why is this new obsession with Guy Ritchie films where the film must end with them making a film about the film that you've just seen? It happened with the gentleman. Mm. He's about to sell a film. In this, the end credit scene, it's Josh Harnett's made a film about the film you've just watched where he's playing fucking Hugh Grant's character. And I'm like, that's weird. Who plays you in the story then, dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it was, it was a fucking train wreck. It was one of the worst Guy Ritchie films like I've ever started, seen. You started this podcast with like, that's, that's it with negativity. Yeah. No negativity. Full um, circle, back to negativity. It is positive. I'll never have to see it again. There <laughs> it you was, go. It was really, I thought it was terrible. I think Statham gets a pass. Audrey Plaza gets a pass because it's the film itself. It's the, un- it's the Britishness. It's like it was trying to be a Bond film, but with a bigger budget. It was like it was trying to give a Bond film. But Carrie Yules, go throw yourself in the flames. And I normally like you, mate. And I know it's one bad apple. I forgive you. But right now I'm still raw. Do you think Guy Ritchie just peaked though after Aladdin? I think he peaked after fucking Lockstock Disruptions, which is his first film. Maybe Snatch. Maybe, Maybe Snatch. Snatch. Snatches, yeah. I feel like I feel like his career needs are going over at one point. Guy Ritchie, but and then you can watch this film. <laughs> yes, I watched King Arthur before I watched this film. <laughs> I will never watch King Arthur. <laughs> I love the fact that people say that's when he sold out. Yeah, yeah. that's when the problem started. Yeah, we got David Beckham in it. <laughs> Guys, that is our show for this week. That's a chock-a-block hour of uh, film recommendations and some to stay clear of. Uh, if you've seen any of the films we talked about this week, do reach out to us on social media. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you're going to check out any movie this week, it sounds like you're going to go want to watch the... Forgotten the- Door, which was Portable Door, so which was brilliant on Sky or... And if you like your Blue Mouse Horror, maybe give uh, Black Phone a crack. Let us know what your wild cards are, like Synchronic, you know, what films you've been watching that you had no expectation of, maybe not even heard of, but then all of a sudden just thought, ah, do you know, I'm going to give it a go. Was yeah. she surprised? Was she let down? Let us know. That's our show for this week. As always, thanks for downloading. Subscribe, we get a new episode each and every week. And who knows where this mad, crazy bus will take us on the next adventure, but we will continue to dissect film until we find the greatest of all time. My name's Aaron. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye. <laughs>